again, I don't want to be in a situation where I could have helped somebody and, and then not have helped them. So that's probably the biggest thing. I think that the education may be a little bit lacking. It's getting better with us, you know, the next generation coming up, but um, there's still a lot, like I, I still have a lot, a lot of work left to do. Like you, even I'm, I might've insured you, but what about your mom and dad? You know, can you take the financial hit of losing your mom and dad, you know, our, our parents, because I, I couldn't. And that was a big struggle. My dad did not want life insurance. He did not want it. He was so against it. He didn't really, ne- he never said why, but he just did not want to do it. So it took me months and I finally had it. I, w- I told him, Hey dad, you know what? I, I don't know what your deal is, but if you pass away, I'm the oldest of four and I'm, you know, first generation. I'm the one that takes care of the paperwork for everything. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Leo Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Munoz. And on today's episode, I had the pleasure to speak with Jennifer Yanez, a DACA recipient born in Mexico and a licensed agent with New York Life Insurance Company. Jennifer has been in the life insurance industry for over three years now, and throughout the episode, she helps us learn more about the different types of life insurance options, the myths about life insurance, the red flags to look out for when shopping for life insurance, if immigrants qualify for life insurance, and much more coming up right now. Yeah, so my name is Jennifer Giannis. Um, I you know, work in the life insurance industry. I've been doing this for about three years now. Um, I'm a DACA recipient. Born in Mexico, raised in the Dallas area, so in Frisco, Texas, which is 30 minutes north of Dallas. And then I recently moved to Florida. So now I'm living in Florida, working from home. I don't know if I would have made the move pre-COVID just because I was so against Zoom before and now I love it. Um, So everything I do is virtual. I work with people all over the country. Um, I do have to get licensed in the states that I work in. But, you know, if, if the potential is there, if someone really needs my help, then I just get the license and you know, no big deal. Um, but right now I think I'm in license in about maybe 10 states. Um, so no issues with that and at virtual work. So it's, it's really easy to just meet with everybody and just help anybody that needs it. Yeah. Right. Do you have to uh, pay for your licenses in, in every state? Yes. Yes. You so know. it can vary. Um, like Texas, my company will pay for it because I'm still working based out of Texas. So I've got that one covered. Um I have to renew, but right now I have California. Um, I just applied for Florida, Illinois, New York, um, North Carolina, South Carolina, Colorado. So I've, I've got a few. Wow. And the prices range all over the place. So some are $30 and some are $200. So that's why. Wow, from I 30 to 200 Yeah. South Carolina was the one that threw me off because it was 200 bucks to apply. No big deal. Paid mm-hmm. for it. And then they came back and they were telling me that the state wanted another $200 for me. So it was, you know, pretty bummed out. I didn't expect South Carolina to be the big one uh, out of pocket. Wow. Cost, but it was, yeah. it was, it was, it was yeah. worth it. The client I have out there now is one of my best clients. I love her so much. She's so sweet. So <laughs> totally worth um, getting that license. Yeah. Anything is worth it really if I'm helping somebody. Yeah, absolutely. And tell us like career wise, just why'd you choose uh, to go down the life insurance path out of, uh, any other career path that you could choose, right? Or have you, were you always eyeing uh, life insurance or was it just kind of something that you um, wanted to do later on? Yeah, no, I mean, I wasn't a kid saying I want to be a life insurance agent when I grow right. up, <laughs> but 
It, I honestly had no idea what life insurance even was until I started working here. I didn't know that this was a type of insurance that was out there. Um, so I, I definitely, this is not where I thought I would end up. So initially I wanted to end up in graphic design, but you know, as you know, as a DACA recipient, and especially back then, it's kind of hard to pay for school. Mm-hmm. So I I started going to school. I was working to pay for school at the time. And so I started working in retail. And then I just got ahead of myself within the retail industry. You know, they started offering me promotions and the money sounded great. So I kind of put school on the back burner as I went full time um, in management within retail. So I did that for some time. I eventually had my own store and, you know, was making pretty good money. I changed companies and that's kind of when this happened three years ago. So my sister's a Marine. I wanted to go see her graduate and the holidays were coming up. Black Friday was coming up. So it just felt like a lot was going on that I didn't really have the flexibility for, which really bothered me, you know, and retail, you work holidays, you work weekends, you work late nights. So I, I found myself working till two, three o'clock in the morning, coming back at six or seven. And it was just so much. I was tired, like physically drained and tired. And it just happened to be that my now boss walked into one of my stores and we just got to talking and he said, Hey, if you're ever looking to do anything else, let me know. He gave me his card. And I looked at the company that night, um, New York life. And I, you know, on Glassdoor, it seemed pretty good. Um, yeah. You know, everything's kind of mixed on Glassdoor, but it looked like there was potential. So you want to tell I people Glassdoor them. is some probably don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Glassdoor is a website where you can go in and you can actually um, look up like the job that you're looking into or, positions or whatever the case may be and it'll tell you reviews or potential pay or benefits or anything like that so any job that you're looking into you can go and check it out now it's a great place to go to just to check out what kind of like job you want to um if, if you want to take up like a job offer and i think i don't know if they have salary comparisons on there but that's you know other yeah, than like, i don't know about salary comparisons yeah. but it'll give you a good range of the positions within the companies and what they're getting paid so the pay looked great. Okay. Um, so so I was like, you know what? I, I want to look into this. I was so tired at the point. And so we interviewed. It was a month of interviewing. And then they finally extended the opportunity my way. So I said, sure, you know, I, I don't have anything to lose. So yeah. I kind of just went for it. I mean, I was in a really great, great place where uh, somewhat of a great place, I guess, where <laughs> I had recently moved back in with my parents. So money wasn't a huge stressor for me. So I, I had the opportunity to take, um, just explore other options out there, which was really good because, you know, it, it worked out. It's working out anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been a ton of learning. I, I've loved everything. Like I said, before I started working here, I didn't even know what this was. Mm-hmm. Um, I kept asking my boss, but what am I doing? Like, what is this? What is what does this mean? What am I selling? What am I offering? How much does it cost? And he was like, it depends. It depends. It depends. And so now I go back and and realize the types of questions I was asking are so difficult to answer because it really does depend. Um, but again, so much information that I've learned. Um, the company's been great. They have a really amazing training program. It's about three years long, um, but it's always, you know, they're always continuing to educate us and everything's always evolving within the industry. So especially with COVID, you know, we had a pandemic that's definitely, you know, affecting yeah. the, the life insurance industry. So um, yeah, it's been great. It, it was a really great move. I'm glad that I made that, that move. 
so why do you think like let's just talk about some of those things that you like you asked like it depends and depends right like why does it depend on different variables um when it comes to life insurance and why why is it so like confusing you know like that's my when i first researched like life insurance um you get a lot of information it's like information overload uh and it's just like how do you know where to look and and why you should even look for it yeah so that's a really great question i think that the it depends it's just because there's so many ways and so many options to go about it so um there are two major ways that i work with clients one either you it's a budget-based scenario so where you have a budget in mind and you really can't spend more than you know 30 40 50 dollars per month and we just have to give you what you can get with that money and you know it's pretty easy because we know how much it's, it's costing you how much you want to pay and then the needs-based approach. So somebody that just wants to make sure that a policy accomplishes what they wanted to accomplish, like paying off their house, sending the kids to college, replacing their income, paying off any debt, covering their final expenses, and then they're okay with the cost of whatever the, the life insurance is going to cost as long as it takes care of all of these things. So mm. those are the two different ways to go about it, which it is why it depends. You know, Now we look into... The types of policies that we're looking at, you know, whether it's a term policy, a permanent policy, how long we want the policy to be, how old you are. Um, life insurance is on, is based around age and health. So the younger you are, the less expensive it's going to be. Um, the healthier you are, probably as well. So those are all kind of factors that are weighed in within within the cost of that product because right. every there's so many variables that affect that cost. Yeah, let's. Uh talk about it uh, since you brought it up about the types of life mm-hmm. insurance um the ones that i'm sure people are aware of are like whole and and term i'm sure so would you want to go over like what those are and the benefits and cons and like i'm sure you're aware like in a personal finance community people hate whole life insurance mm-hmm. and then lean more towards term life maybe you could talk about like why that is as well and what yeah. your opinion is on that Yeah. So people always come and ask me, like, either they're coming to me saying, I just want term, or they come to me saying, I just want permanent, or they want, maybe they're confused. They don't know which one to pick. And they ask me, Mm -hmm. which one is the best? Like, which one would you recommend? And I, my answer is always that I don't have a favorite, like they each have their own benefits and they might not both be for everybody. Because if somebody comes to me and says, I have a $30 budget, I'm not going to offer them permanent because they can't afford it. And it would just be unfair of me to say, Hey, you know, stretch your dollars and get this permanent product, this whole life policy when it's not going to go a long way because permanent is really expensive and you can only buy so much. Like you can't buy a million dollars in a whole life policy. It's going to cost you a thousand bucks per month. So it's, it's not fair for me to say, Hey, these $30 buy $30,000 in insurance with a permanent policy, because that's not fair. That's, that's not going to pay for their house or supplement their income or send the kids to college. But they could probably get half a million in a term policy, you know, kind of just making up numbers here, yeah, but yeah. Um, terms is there. It's kind of like our car insurance policy. So it's there for a certain amount of time. If something happens to you, you're covered. If not, that's it. You know, you have to renew the policy except they're much longer term. So it can be anywhere from 10 to 15, 20, 30 years, maybe even 40 years at some companies, but um, they're there for that set amount of time. And that's it. You know, you're covered if you pass away within the first 20 years of the term policy. And then, you know, 20 years later, when it expires, you have to decide whether you're going to get a new one, whether you're not going to have insurance, 
maybe you did get some permanent on the side and you still have insurance. So you don't have to worry about getting any more insurance at that point, but that's kind of where the permanent comes into place. Um, For some people, it does make sense to get a large amount, you know, when maybe in estate planning or they've just got a lot of money that they want to set aside somewhere fixed, like a fixed account and money they don't need for a long time. But that's very rarely Um, the average situation we run into is people come to me in their 60s or 70s looking for insurance and they can't get terms because they don't qualify for it anymore. Like term will only get you so far in life. Um, Eventually you can't, you can't even buy it. If you can, you'll be really unhealthy or just older and it's going to be too expensive. So can you not buy, uh, sorry to cut you off. Can you not buy um, term at like a, so what I'm getting is you can't buy like term at after a certain age. Right. So like, what would you say? Like 60, 50? I would 65. Oh, 60. So after 65, you can't buy term. So like buy it when you're like 50, like for right. 30 years. Yeah, like. yeah. Yeah. But even then, I mean, the company, it's a business. So they right. know that, you know, at 50, you're going to get charge more. Yeah. So it's going to be really expensive, like hundreds of dollars per month if you get approved because your health is not going to be right. the same either. Um, so just based on, based on age alone, it's going to be really expensive. Add health to that. You know, if you have your pre-diabetic, diabetic, um, maybe cancer history of high cholesterol, high birth, anything that's going on, it's going to affect that rating. So it's, it's probably going to be more expensive than the average, you know, person your age, just because people in their fifties or sixties typically already have health issues going on. So you can kind of just count on it being a lot more expensive, unaffordable almost. Um, so their only option is permanent. And at mm. that point, <clears throat> that's even more expensive. It's going to be I think I helped somebody in their eighties and they wanted just something in place. And $10,000 was, I don't know, over 200 bucks per month for $10,000. That's so expensive. Yeah. So, um, but that's their only option at that age because they can't get term anymore. So something that sometimes works for people is, Hey, let's get your million dollars in coverage now at 30 years old or, you know, 25, 35, whatever, how old you are. Um, and then let's layer it with the permanent policy. It doesn't have to be big, maybe 15 or $25,000 to make sure that your final expenses are covered throughout your entire life. Whether if you pass away at, um, 20 and, you know, or 20 years in, and you still have your term policy, you get both a million and 25,000, or mm-hmm. if you pass away at 80, well, now you still have the 25,000 and, and you don't have to worry about, um, not having insurance at that point. And I know a lot of people think that, and I'm not saying they're, they're wrong, but, they assume that they'll have their retirement accounts in place. Like, well, I don't need anything beyond my term policy because I will have my retirement account. And if I die, my family gets my 401k, right? But the goal is to to like live long. So well into your 80s, you know, maybe 90s, that might be shrinking the amount in your 401k. Most people don't have enough money. Like the retirement accounts don't last as long as they think it's going to last. So they're pretty short on money at that age anyway. So you just want to make sure you have something in place and you're not counting on something. You, you don't know where that money is going to go, you know, how long that's going to last you, especially with inflation and all that good stuff. So it going back to the initial question, they both have their benefits. Um, I, I could go on forever about it, but term is really inexpensive and you can get a right. lot permanent, much more expensive. <clears throat> and it comes with these bells and whistles, like the cash value. I wouldn't call it an investment. If somebody's telling you whole life is an investment, like run away, go work with somebody else because it's not an investment. Um, and the 
you can build other things into the policy like chronic care. So it's kind of like you can build a disability policy into your whole life policy. So if you get hurt, you actually get early access to the death benefit later and you can start using that as income because you you're disabled or something like that. You have a chronic Mm -hmm. illness. Um, So you can you can just build it around your needs, but it's more expensive, but it could be the right um, pick for somebody. You just have to be in a certain situation. Right. No, no, it makes sense. It makes sense to me. Um, So why why is it so hard for like the like people to even like talk about life insurance um, and and what like policies? I mean, like which one should they should they look for? Um, And also, like, would immigrants qualify is is another thing that that I would like to, to know? Yeah. So. The first thing that I always recommend people do is look into the ratings. I know cost is definitely a factor that affects a lot of mm-hmm. people, but if you're paying for something, you want to make sure it's going to get paid out. So this isn't really the place to lowball it. I know that there are companies out there that they offer like a thousand for a penny, you know, like things that are policies that are really cheap out there, but these are probably companies that are very new and they're trying to gain a lot of business. So you want to make sure that their rating is a really strong rating. And I'm not talking about rating by like Forbes rated or Investopedia or NerdWallet's top 10 life insurance companies, like go into their, their website and look up their financial statistics or financial stability um, tab, something about finances, about the company and check their rating by the rating agencies, which is AM Best, we've got S&P, Fitch, um, those ratings. Mm-hmm. Just like we have a rating, like a credit score, life insurance companies have their credit score. It's... Um, it's the the rating and yeah they're all letters so sometimes look up the chart to know what the letters mean but triple a usually uppercase a's a plus plus those are really good ratings um there's a ton of different combinations out there but i would say rating is the biggest thing because again if you're paying for this you want it to be paid out you don't want to pay for nothing so i'm um, going with a strong company i always say my my biased opinion is to work with New York Life because I work here, but <laughs> my unbiased opinion is that Northwestern Mutual is the only other competitor on our level. Like we mm. both have perfect scores across the board from every rating agency, which means we know how to fin- ha- handle our finances. We know um, it, this basically breaks down how the company is spending their money, how much that they have, their investments, how much money they have as a company. Can they back out every single policy that they have in place? Um, do they have enough money to pay all of these death benefits? How many policies do they have in place? So it says a whole lot about the company. And my best advice is work with the best. Like you're not going to be here to make sure that your family gets this money. You're not going to be here to fight for this money if it doesn't get paid out. So always yeah. work with the best. Yeah. Right. And are you at risk then, like you said, make sure like to make sure that they get paid out. Right. So if you're, at, are you at risk then if you go with like some lower rating uh, life insurance that they're not going to give you your money? You could be. I would say that you definitely could be because sometimes these companies don't even have enough money to pay out every single death benefit they have in place. I'm not saying everybody's going to die at the same time, but uh, and if that that was I mean at that point, like no one crazy (laughs) (laughs) in a crazy place. Um, But you want to make sure that the company is financially stable. So more often than not, those are the types of companies that are going to try to find the smallest reason to not pay out because they can't afford to pay out you know millions of dollars every year. So you know, whatever the reason may be, they'll look into it and try to fight it. Um, I won't name specific companies, but I have seen it in in a couple of people I've, I've, you know, tried to work with where 
certain people passed away and it had been months and they still hadn't received the money. Mm. So sometimes it can just be a long process. You know, fortunately I haven't been in a situation where I had to pay out a death benefit yet, but I'm confident in in who I work with because I have seen other agents be in that process and the the death benefit process is paid out fairly quickly. Um, But it's because we are financially stable enough to afford it. You know, we can do that. So um, with New York life there, they'd rather pay the death benefit than go to court to not pay the death benefit. Like it's just not worth their time to, to fight, you know, they just yeah. pay it out. We have the money to do it. So just pay it. Um, so the smaller companies that aren't as well rated, they might just put up a fight and you don't want to put up a fight when you have to pay out, you know, the funeral expenses within a week of passing away. Well, your family does. So you're, you may not be in a position to wait around for that money. Um, so rating is the number one thing I say, make sure you're working with a, a strong company. Mm. Are you yeah. able to see like a company's, like you said, look into their website and finances, but are you able to like, see what they hold, how much cash they hold like on their I balance can. sheet? Yeah. Yeah. All of that information is available through a website called vital signs. Um, but I don't think it's accessible to the public. I think that mm. your company has to have a membership with vital signs, okay. um, but you, they should give you a pretty good idea on their website, on the company website. And if you look hard enough, you'll find the, um, like the report for the previous year. So you can find it if you look hard enough yeah. on anybody's website within the life insurance industry. Um, all of that information should be on their website. Cause I feel like that'd be a, a great like pointer. Like if this company doesn't hold enough to even pay out, like, yeah, the, like the claims, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and like, why do you think, uh, well, do immigrants uh, qualify for life insurance? And if so, should they look towards getting life insurance in your opinion? Yeah. So first answer, yes, they do. Um, I would say it's going to depend on the company because per the law, they're able to get it, but now companies can come in and set different policies. So some companies allow it. Some companies don't allow it. Sometimes it's the agents you're working with that they just may never have dealt with the situation in the past. So they don't Mm -hmm. know um, how to go about it. Like maybe you're bringing something up, like kind of like a moot point where you could have gotten it, but now you brought up the fact, but it's always good to make sure anyway, you know, if they're going to pay out. Um, so the answer is yes. Again, the stronger the company, the more likely they are to be able to back up these death benefits, you know, so they'll offer it to undocumented immigrants, um, just because they can, you know, so it's smaller and not as well rated, they can't afford to take that loss. So they'll, they'll say no. Um, so the, the answer is yes. You need an I-10. Um, that's the biggest thing that you need. It, it makes life easy to have one. You can oh, yeah. do it without, but it's the process is just a lot longer. And, you know, we don't know if you'll get approved. So an I-10 helps. That's enough, more than enough. And then in regards to identification, um, a passport. So if they have a valid passport, that works. Um, so no, no issues there. I've, my parents, you know, I've taken care of them. I've taken care of, of many other people that are not, um, don't have legal status in the country and they've been fine. Now they may get capped around $250,000. Um, that's usually where the limit is, but, okay. um, it, it just depends. Everything is, it depends because you have to go yeah. through underwriting and the underwriter is going to determine how much you get approved for or why not, or why. And, um, but in regards to applying as an undocumented you know, immigrant, you can definitely apply. You're listening to the Leo podcast. I'm Kevin Munoz. This ad break is brought to you by yours truly. If you enjoy the show and are looking to further show your support, and if you already haven't done so, then head on over to patreon.com slash 
Latin America Nail or my website, latinamericanail.org to join the growing Lail podcast community and receive numerous benefits and bonus content for supporting your favorite podcast because the learning doesn't stop with this episode. There's also some awesome merch on my website, everything from shirts to coffee mugs and tote bags. All info will be at the bottom of the show notes. Now let's get back to today's episode. Okay, awesome. And I was going to ask you if you're if you have taken uh, immigrants and like other DACA recipients and, and like your company qualifies for it, but you answered that already. Um, yeah, I say like you yeah. took on your parents and stuff. Yeah, that was <laughs> one of the first questions I asked as before I started working. Like, am I am I going to be able to help my community, like DACA recipients, um, undocumented people? Because that's that at the time that's most of my community. You know, my parents, their yeah. friends, neighbors, you know, family members. That that's who I you know, interact with. So, you know, if, if that wasn't a yes, I wouldn't have many people to offer what I do, you know, too. So mm-hmm. yes, the answer was yes. And that made it easier to take on the opportunity, you know, knowing that I could help the people that I'm surrounded by. Great. And what are some common myths about life insurance that you uh, maybe encountered by other people have asked you and you're like, well, that's only like a myth. <laughs> like like yeah, is, is so- life insurance, like only for rich people is the one that I immediately think. Yeah, that's probably one. People think that it costs a lot more than it does. So people assume it's not affordable. They The statistics out there are that people assume it's about three times more expensive than it actually is. Mm. So that's saying that, you know, if a $500 policy actually costs 20 bucks, people think it's costing 60, you know, or whatever. So um, they, they think it's more expensive. Like you said, they think that maybe only rich people can get it. And the truth is anybody can get it. You know, that is a myth. It's not as expensive as people assume it is. Um, I've had clients that have obtained policies as, that are as cheap as 10 bucks per month. So something is always better than nothing. Um, but what would that yeah. get you? Like what would 10, 10 bucks a month coverage get you? Uh, I mean, it also depends on age and health. Right. So <laughs> the this, good this healthy person, guy, uh, like my age, let's say uh, 25. Uh, you're young. Okay. You're really young. So it's going to be really, <laughs> really... Um, not inexpensive. I don't want to say cheap, but it's yeah. inexpensive. Yeah. So yeah. let's see. I'll give you, it's, it's hard to look at. Okay. I'll give you my numbers, for example. Yeah, just give it- um, so I'm 26 going on 27. At the time I was 25 when I applied. So it was about your age, but I'm a female. So it's, it's less expensive for me because mm-hmm. life expectancy for males is lower. Um, I don't know why, you know, reckless maybe, <laughs> but males is just Definitely. more expensive. So for me, $100,000 was about $11 per month. I wasn't paying much. I just paid for the whole year, in fact, because you get a bit of a discount when you pay for the whole year. So it was um, like $100 for the whole year. I paid it and it was 100000 So again, it's a different type of policy, but again, something is better than nothing. Um, I had a YCT which is a yearly convertible term where it's the most cost efficient option, but it increases a little bit every year, like by a couple of dollars until maybe it doesn't make sense to keep it. And a 10 year term would have been uh, better to have because the premium would have been level for 10 years, even though maybe it started at $14 per month. So I know I'm getting into no, no, this is great. I need to be getting no. into. Um, but uh, it, it was something, you know, I had something and some of my clients need at least something, especially through the pandemic. A YCT is not a bad option because it's extra coverage you can have or just some coverage that you can have during the pandemic because mm. we don't know what's going on out there. 
Um, so something is better than nothing. And that's something that cost you 10 bucks per month. You know, I, I haven't seen that lower than 10. So yeah. I think 10 is probably the lowest we could go. Yeah, cool. And any other myths that you want to like tell us about that you heard about? I think. Um, or if not, you know, I'm also really curious about, uh, I will go ahead. I'll ask this afterwards. Okay. <laughs> I've heard a lot about like, well, why am I going to leave this for essential? You know, like mm. people assume, and if you don't know that it's people assume that, you know, if, if I was married and I had life insurance on my, on my husband at the time, you know, if I was married on my husband and he passes away now I have a million dollars. Well, I'm going to use this million dollars with my new significant other. And so that's, a really big thing out there within the Hispanic community that you're leaving money for your wife to spend it with her new lover, you know, that she's going to get. And it's just really silly. So people really don't want to leave money for the wife to spend with their new lover or the opposite, you know, the husband. That's to spend so with petty. Their lover. Yeah, I've, I've so, not heard that one before. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's big. I mean, mostly in like the older community. Yeah. I, I can see now. that. getting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. It's like, yeah, I'm going to screw you over even beyond death. Like that's so yeah, messed up. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, uh, another one is, let's see maybe not a myth but just a mentality people that you know some people are in is like well I had to work for to get to where I am so my kids have to work to get to where they're gonna get which it's 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 difficult to to battle that one because those people are really set in their ways and I get it life was not easy for me and I'm not saying it needs to be easy for my kids like I'm not gonna hand them everything but again but like you wouldn't I'm, want to put them through the some yeah, of that stuff like that you've they been need through. my income. Yeah. How are they going to get through life if they don't have my income? Right. So, you know, I was supposed to be here to raise them. And if I'm not, then where is the money going to come from for them to eat, you know, yeah. to go to school, to buy clothes, like all of these things. So that's another one that I hear a lot. Like my, <laughs> no, my child needs to struggle. That's horrible. And, I hate that one. Sure will. Yeah. Yeah. So um, those are the, probably the big ones that I run into. All right, cool. And what's let's get into because uh, it's pretty unfortunately it's a really common thing like scams. What are mm-hmm. some scams that you've seen out there for some people selling life insurance? Uh, or maybe I don't even know if I'd call it like scam. Maybe like misdirection, but I don't know what you would call it. But like people selling uh, life insurance from not like great rated companies, or I don't know. Like what is, what are some things that you're seeing in the industry? that maybe um, upsets you that gives you like a bad rep yeah I could go on forever about <laughs> this one but I I honestly think okay so are we I want to make sure we're on the same page here. are we talking about like MLMs within the yeah yeah you could okay, yeah okay. part of that yeah yeah so that's probably the biggest one um MLM so multi-level marketing pyramid you know scheme type of things really really does burn burn it on my side because some people have really bad experiences and I hate to bad mouth, you know, other people, because I, I genuinely don't think that they know what they're doing. Like, mm-hmm. I think that the hype within these companies is so big. Yeah. I, not that I've tried it, but I've, I I went to go take a look. I, yeah. I, I was curious. You well, know, you got to check it out, right? Go, yeah. I yeah. Too. So you... I was like, let me go see what's going on over here. And the hype was great. Um, I've met multiple people that have, you know, gotten sucked in and, and they thought the hype was great. Like they really thought they were doing something amazing and you could be, you know, like I'm not saying these companies are the worst, but they're just not the best. So I will, I will kind of leave it at, I don't recruit. I I don't recruit. I'm not allowed to recruit. That's not my Mm. role. 
my boss is not allowed to sell products. And that's where that's something that, you know, really sets us aside in regards to the rest of the industry, because my boss cannot offer anything. He cannot. So I'm a commission based. My boss cannot come in and help me on an appointment when I need help and say, okay, but I'm going to take 40% of your business like that. We mm. have a really, really clear line in, in our, in, in my company anyway. So my boss can't recruit. He can't write business. He can't do anything. Like we don't mix around um, in regards to our roles. So that's something that I really appreciate here. I know at, at other companies that also don't recruit, like the agents don't recruit, they do get a chunk of their commission taken by their partners or bosses if they get help. Um, but mm. on my end, we don't. So I really like that. Um, in regards to people offering products from companies that are not great, I just think that they're, they're maybe not so, they just don't know, I think. Maybe they haven't been educated or properly trained. And that's kind of the thing with MLMs, that it's so fast-paced, you're so busy trying to recruit, that I think the education in regards to the products and what you're offering may be a bit lacking, because you, you can't focus on that. You make more of your money by bringing people in than by offering the products and solutions to people. Yeah. And so it, it's really important to have those roles separate, in my opinion. Um, I also think that these agents working at these companies are not fairly compensated, which is where I run into a big issue because mm-hmm. people should always be fairly compensated. They start p- getting paid maybe like 20, 30% commission, which is not very, it's not fair at all. Um, so they have to really work to get to 40 or 50 and you could do that. You could easily get that at a, one of these stronger companies right off the bat or more than that. So it's just, I don't think they know. I think they're so busy recruiting and they forget or are, they just lack the education in regards to product and pay and, um, maybe standing up for yourself. I'm not sure if that's the right word. Um, you also have to pay. I want to, so that's the biggest thing that I tell people to look out for. If somebody's offering so a red you a flag job, right there. Yeah. If somebody's offering you a job and they're asking you to pay them to work, huge <laughs> red flag. That's not how jobs work. They have to pay you. So if anybody asks you for any money to start working or to start up a business or whatever, you don't need to do that because other companies out there will pay for your exams. They'll reimburse you for your study material and then you start getting paid right away. So it's mm. you don't have to pay anybody to do anything. Um, but yeah, that's the, that's the big thing. If yeah. they're telling you, you got to pay run. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And I think to your point of like, uh, people just don't know. I think that's what I've seen too, is like people kind of get sold on what the company itself really is selling to the agents. And you might not even know, um, that you could get more money from just like, some like other companies where they don't take a certain percentage, like you said. Right. And that's just like what people should look out for. Um, what's like another thing that people look like should look out for? Um, like if someone messages them and like, Hey, like you should get, I don't even know what the messages are, but, um, I remember I've, I've seen some like years ago where they tried to like DM me and get, and get, uh, like whole life. And I'm just like, no, I'm not, I'm not really, in 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 that spot right now (laughs) so i would say that if they're dming you usually they don't tell you the company name like they they kind of stay away i don't know what the reason is for that if they're not allowed to or i've never Mm. really asked um but they won't say the company name so always ask oh who do you work for you know 
um, or, you know, like just ask questions. How much do you get paid? Um, who, who do you represent is the biggest question I would say, because for some reason they stay away from the names and I won't name anybody right now, but just ask for the names and then do your research. And if you're truly interested in entering the field, explore your options because just because they're offering you a job doesn't mean that you have to go with them. You can go and do other interviews elsewhere, yeah. talk to other people. The biggest thing is that the turnover rate within the life insurance industry is so high mm. that if you just, if you really want to do it, make sure you're working with somebody that's going to take the time to educate you in regards to the products, pay you well, um, you know, just spend time on you because that's why it took me a month to get this job because they're also making an investment in me. You know, they're taking the time to offer these training materials. They're offering right. me training allowances. They're offering me benefits. They're offering me a bunch of stuff, you know, like New York Life offers. Um, they pay for courses at the American College. So they'll yeah. they offer us a lot of things. And so they want to make sure you're a good fit. Honestly, the first step I had to take before even um, obtaining the job was a personality test to make sure I was going to be a good fit. Like they have a range of people that they want to work yeah. with. And if you don't fall in that range, they won't even move forward with the interview. So mm. that's a huge thing. You know, the fact that they're really careful about who they pick, they don't just take anybody. So right. if you're working somewhere where, or if you're being offered a position where they'll take anybody, it's it's also a red flag because the turnover rate is so high. So if they're taking just anybody, they kind of expect people to fall, you know, and, and not make it through. Um, right. Another, if you do make it in the process is if they tell you, hey, you're not licensed yet. So in the meantime, while you get licensed, because it takes time to study for these exams, while you get licensed, I'm going to write the policies for your friends and family. And then when you get licensed and you bring a newbie in, you'll write their friends and family. No, hmm. big no, because by the time you start bringing newbies in, you could be out the door. You could be done and, and tired of this because hmm. it took you too long. You didn't pass the test. You didn't have time to study. And so- the And now person, your friends and family are right, like- They've already maybe tried to get, somebody tried to recruit them because they got the opportunity to speak to the person that recruited you mm -hmm. or they are now insured. And when you do get licensed- you have nobody else because all your friends and family were insured by someone else. So I would say, wait, you know, if you're in a position, at least wait until you're in your license to work with your friends and family. Don't let somebody else do it for you because that's money you should be making. So yeah, those are a couple of the red flags that, that I feel yeah. like are unfair. You know, no, those for are great. Year. Yeah, no, those are great. That's what I've seen some of those too. And you brought up some, some new ones as well to my attention. Yeah. Um, what were some, and you might've mentioned some of these, but what were some challenges that you faced throughout your career or maybe you're still facing and, and how have you overcome or working to overcome those? Man, when I start, whenever I found out what I was doing, I didn't really understand it, but the first thing I thought was, oh my God, I know so many people. This is going to be so easy. Like, <laughs> this I is going to be so like, easy. <laughs> every, yeah. Like I'm just going to go talk to my mom, my dad, their friends and neighbors. And no, that was so, I could not have been more wrong. It was not <laughs> easy um, because people don't want to talk about it. You know, yeah. like they, they're just not open about it. So, I mean, I was very glad and lucky to have people that did want to listen to me. Um, you know, they, we're open to just having these conversations, but not everybody. Like I've still got people that I'm reaching out to um, that I started reaching out to when I started. And three years later, you know, I'm still saying, Hey, you know, we 
remember we said we were going to sit down to talk about this and no, they, nothing's happened yet. <laughs> and the reason why I'm still trying is because these are people I care about. And I don't want to be in a position where something happens to this person and I didn't try my best to try to help them, you know, because if something happens and they didn't have anything in place, at least I did my part, you know, now it was kind of in their court to take action or make a decision. So yeah. if I just give up, then something happens to them. I'm yeah. going to hate myself for not trying harder, you know, for not approaching them again and saying, you know, let's, let's try. So that, that kind of would suck a lot. I don't want to be in that position. Mm-hmm. Um, other, it's always a roller coaster. So some months are really good. Some months are really bad and it's commission based hundred percent commission. So it's, has an ups and downs because that means I can work when I want to and not work when I don't want to. Um, but if I don't work, I don't make money. So that's right. the big thing. Um, I, I feel so blessed to be able to do something that, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm making a difference. I feel like I'm helping people. I, again, I haven't been in the situation to pay out a death benefit, which it, I don't really want to be in that situation because it's, yeah. it's going to be heartbreaking. I don't know how I'm going to get through it, honestly, but I, no, if I am in that position, I'm going to make a huge difference in somebody's life or their family's lives. So mm-hmm. um, it's once I do help people, it makes it all worth it, even the bad months and the good weeks and, you know, all of the bad stuff. Um, learning, I always have to be learning. Like I'm always, if I don't have an answer, I'm always on Google, like, what does this mean? Or <laughs> on my company portal, researching things, or somebody asked me about this. So I have to go, you know, educate myself because I'm not sure what this is or going on the vital signs website and checking the company records and comparing mine to this other company that somebody mentioned they had. Mm. Um, So I always have to stay on top of, of making sure that I'm learning. And a lot of changes did go into effect into our industry, you know, the regulations in 2020. So always staying on top of it and um making sure i'm educating myself um yeah i i guess that's pretty much staying educated and then always staying on top of it so if i ever slow down i know that it may not affect me right now but it's going to affect me in a month because i wasn't dropping seeds you know planting seeds for future business so it is a roller coaster Mm -hmm. but i've learned a lot i've learned how to stay on top of it which i think is good is that also why you like you're just so passionate about it? It's just also because you want to like help the community as much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say that again. I don't want to be in a situation where I could have helped somebody and and then not have helped them. So yeah. that's probably the biggest thing. I think that the education may be a little bit lacking. It's getting better with us, you know, the next generation coming up. But um, there's still a lot. Like I, I still have a lot, a lot of work left to do. Like you, even I, I might have insured you, but what about your mom and dad? you know, can you take the financial hit of losing your mom and dad, you know, our, our parents, because I I couldn't. And that was a big struggle. My dad did not want life insurance. He did not want it. He was mm-hmm. so against it. He didn't really ne- never said why, but he just did not want to do it. So it took me months and I finally had it. I, w- I told him, Hey dad, you know what? I, I don't know what your deal is, but if you pass away, I'm the oldest of four and I'm, you know, first generation. I'm the one that takes care of the paperwork for everything, looks into like I do everything for for my family, you know. So um 
I I won't say everything. My parents definitely do enough, but you know, I, no, I'm that I get what you mean. Believe guy. me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I told them, I was like, what am I going to do if you, if you die? I don't have the money to pay for your final expenses. Like my siblings, they're all younger than me. They don't have the money. They're in school. They're two of them are in school. One of them is a Marine far away. She doesn't get paid much. So what are we going to do? Um, I would rather pay for your, your final expenses now, month to month through a life insurance policy than all at once when you pass away, whether it's tomorrow, 10 years or in 30 years, I I don't want to be put in that situation. So you said, no, I say yes, but what we're going to do is you're going to, you're going to sign the paper. You're going to show up for the medical exam. You're going to answer the medical questionnaire. I'm going to pay for it because I'm going to have to pay for it either way. If you don't have it. And so he said, okay, fine. You know, he, he was okay with that. And then my mom got onto him and said, you're not going to make me have pay for it. You're going to pay for it. So that was that. Um, now he's got a policy in place. Um, my dad, we did go the permanent route because he, he's not old, old, but he's older. But my parents do eventually plan on retiring in Mexico. So I know that they'll eventually outlive a term and they won't be able to get more because they won't be in the States. So for them, they're all set. I think a huge benefit that my mom really liked about a permanent policy, it's it's a small one, like it's not millions of dollars, but um, the policy will pay for itself. So when they are in Mexico and they don't have the funds to pay for this in dollars, you know, because they'll be living over there and not making as much is that they'll, the policy eventually in between year 15 and 20 will have sufficient funds to just pay for itself and the policy will be in place forever and they won't be paying for it. So we did go the permanent route for them. Um, and it just made it easier for us. So now he's all set, we're set forever, um, to pay for his final expenses. Cause he wanted this giant party. He wanted a mariachi at his, at his funeral. He wants to be sent back to Mexico. If he's not there yet yeah. at home. And I was like, this costs money. I don't have that money. So that money. <laughs> You're just like adding up all the costs. You're like mariachi. Like yeah, it's expensive. <laughs> so I I told him, and he said, okay, fine, um, we can do it, and we did it. So, um, you know, I don't want to be put in a place where where I, I just know I could help somebody and not help them. You know, that would suck. And it, it's hard sometimes because like, sometimes people don't listen. Like my, yeah. I mean, you know, I post a lot on social media and I don't get a lot of engagement, but I know people see it because a few months down the road, they'll come back to me and say, Hey, I saw that you are the person that does this, or you're the person, you know, I saw that you used to do this. Do you still do this? And so even though I don't get engagement, I'm okay with that. I've yeah, made my, putting in people's minds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I know that people see what I do and, um, you know, it's in the back of their minds and they can come back when they're ready. So, you know, activity is huge, just staying on top of it and making sure people know that, you know, I'm the person that can help them out with this when they're ready, because when they're ready, I'll be here to help them. Right. Yeah. And do you, well, you have yourself have a policy, right? Yes. I'm, I have, I'm curious about like what you, what you have covered if you. Yeah. To so I have about a million dollars in coverage and I've got different types of policies. So I do have a couple of term policies and then I have some permanent policies um, again, I, the permanent policy, not an investment, whole life is not an investment, but I really do like the option that it can pay for itself. So it, it is going to cost me a bit more upfront. Um, but down the line, when that cash value does start to accumulate, I'll break even with what I paid, which means it costs me nothing. And then it starts to pay for itself. So then I don't have to worry about paying for it after about 15 to 20 years. It, it's just going to do its thing. And I'll make sure that I'm covered for my entire life, whether I pass away tomorrow or age 99, um, I have my term policies, 
Um, I've got a 20 year policy and a 10 year policy. 10 years, I think is about like 250. Maybe my 20, uh, 20 year policy is 500,000. And that's just because I want long term protection. You know, I don't have kids, I don't have a house right now. But when I do have those things, I want to make sure that I lock in, I locked in my health rating of 25 years old, you know, mm. so I, I was young, healthier, and it cost me less to lock it in then than to come back and apply for these things now or in five years when I do have a house and kids. Um, That's interesting. So or, how, so why would you have like a 10 and a 20 as opposed to like just a 20? Because the plan for the 10, so with New York Life, the policies are convertible. Mm. So you can convert them to permanent policy. So my plan is that if I need to convert something, I'm going to convert my 10 and not convert my 20. I'm just going to leave my 20 there forever. And if I, I do need my 10 to move it towards permanent in the future, if I wanted to, oh. I'm paying less for it now. Um, and then it makes the conversion easier because I don't have to go through blood work anymore or Look anything like you, that. you thinking ahead. Yeah. That's smart. <laughs> yeah. So all of my, my policies have a reason, you know, yeah. they they're all, they all have something in place and layering is something that we do a lot here in New York life. So you don't have to have just one policy. You can have more than one. So some clients, you know, have 15 years to pay on their house, but they have a two-year-old kid. So maybe a 15-year policy for the amount of their mortgage would be good. And then another 20-year policy would be good for their kid, you know, to supplement income, to pay for their college because they're two. So that gives them till the child is, you know, what is that? Um, 20, 22. Mm-hmm. So it, it, they can all serve their different purposes. And sometimes it saves people money by layering because you don't have to throw everything in a 20 year, 30 year policy. You can throw it into depending on your needs. You know, if you have 10 years to pay on your house, put that amount in the 10 years and it's going to save you money because not everything is in the big lengthy policy. So in 10 years, when you're done paying your house, you can let go of that policy and then your premium will be reduced and you don't have the same need for the full million anymore, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. Um, So it saves people money. Sometimes people need to reduce their bills and if you have two policies maybe you'll double think getting rid of both of them like oh well i have two so i'll get rid of one to lower my bills because something happened and i'll keep the other one so that that's also something that we we think people benefit from like covid um people had to you know reduce a lot of their spending you know when we didn't know what was happening and we had to stop working a bit and yeah lost jobs so they had some of our clients had the opportunity to let go of maybe one or two of their policies but not the third or let go of one but not the second um and have something in place keep something in place it just kind of provides a little bit of a backup just in case yeah i know those are some great gems that you're dropping um you know, I, I don't know. And like when I think life insurance, I always think about like what, what, what people don't want to get it and stuff. And I think and I see how the rise of like GoFundMe has been mm-hmm. uh, like a popular um, alternative, you know, like it just sucks because like it shouldn't even have to be like uh, like people shouldn't even have to set up like a GoFundMe. Like people should just have something as uh, like in place. Right. That would cover those expenses. And that's why, like, I just think it's an, it's important to to just have that at least, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, I mean, it sucks because a GoFundMe, I mean, if you have to do it, you have to do it. But also you kind of have to hope that it either goes viral or reaches enough friends um, to get what you need, that your friends are in the position to make donations. Maybe you don't even have a lot of friends on Facebook. So how are you going to get, you know, texting it to people? You know, how are you going to get that in front of people? Like, 
you're depending on others to pay for those costs that you should have taken care of. And it doesn't have to cost you a lot to have it in place. Um, so that that's kind of, and of course, GoFundMe takes their cut of the money too. So mm-hmm. that kind of sucks, but yeah. Why, why put your family in that situation? Like grief is already something so hard to go through. Yeah. It's not fair to also add financial stress on top of that because if you, and here's the thing, here's the thing I tell people, if you can't afford a life insurance policy, you can't afford to die. Like mm-hmm. if you cannot afford 10 to 20 bucks per month paying towards this, how is your family going to be able to afford losing your income? So those people that truly believe they cannot afford life insurance are the people that need to scrape and find the funds to pay for a life insurance policy. Cause without you, they're like, you know, that your family really cannot get by. So right. yeah. if you can't afford it, you need it the most. Yeah, no, absolutely. So what are some, just turned it off here. Like what are some ways that you decompress and just uh, feel inspired your best self just to deal with everything, you know, from the challenges that come with being a DACA recipient to, to uh, your career? Yeah. So COVID taught me that I can work anywhere, which I love. So I, I do work anywhere, <laughs> you know, in Florida, in Texas, the last two summers I spent in California with my sister. So getting away really helps changing it up a bit. Just, you know, right now I'm in Pennsylvania and I'll buy a lake and it's cold. I can't go out much, but it's beautiful. You know, just looking and, and changing up the semen a bit, it, it really helps. Um, I've got two dogs. Uh, so <laughs> taking them out for walks really helps a lot too. Um, drawing, reading, just getting out of my computer screen and getting away from work um, because it's it's hard, you know, especially in the industry that I'm in. Um, you know, we, we do hear about people dying and we're just basically my job is all around the topic of death. So yeah. getting to step away a little bit and and just doing my own thing really helps. Like even if I have to go to California, I can't go much further <laughs> than the coast to coast but, yeah you know, i go where i can <laughs> take um, advantage so of that I, absolutely yeah um yeah, all right so. anything else that you want to add no, no, uh, no, bef- I think that's it. That's okay yeah and so before the uh we get into where people can follow your work and reach out to you is there any other thing that maybe we didn't cover that you'd like to to communicate with the audience at this point i think um I mean, the whole thing was about life insurance. So just really get it, look into it, at least talk to somebody. It doesn't have to be me. It can be the last agent that contacted you because maybe an agent did contact you. Um, Do your research, you know, make sure that you're looking into the types of policies out there. Um, You're looking into the companies that are offering you these types of policies. If you do have life insurance, please get a second look at it because I've seen some bad policies out there. So make sure that you're just always doing even if it's my policy I wrote you know go mm-hmm. do your research I, I'm confident in the, the people that I'm helping and what I'm offering them but it's never a bad idea to get about a second look at the policy do you so, do second looks like do I people do come to you and you yeah. like look into their okay yeah so I have a couple of, of policies I'm taking a second look at this upcoming week actually and um just look at what you've got in place you know make sure that you know that's it. That's all. I don't like to badmouth companies, but um, just make sure you're taking a look at what you have in place, the, the type of policy, the company you're working with. And if your agent is still around, you know, that right. if they are and it's been a few years, that's great. Um, if they're not, then maybe that's something, you know, to look at, like, why mm-hmm. aren't they around anymore? So definitely take a look at all of that stuff. Um, and if you don't have anything in place, just go look, yep. you know. A big company, a nice 
strong company and something is better than nothing. It's not expensive. It, it's really can be really as low as 10, 15 bucks per month. Um, and, and just do it because your family does not deserve to be in that situation of stressing financially. Um, it's just really important that this gets taken care of and it's not just for the rich, you know, mm-hmm. life insurance, you're just buying money. Like it's crazy that you can buy money and that people don't take more advantage of this because mm-hmm. you know, the rich people out here will put ton- millions of dollars on each other of, in life insurance, you know, make sure that they're going to be well off, not just final expenses paid for, but well off. Um, if somebody were to pass away. So, you know, buy money, it makes sure, not just you, but make sure your parents are insured, make sure that, you know, you're not going to be in a financial bind if your parents pass away. Um, and that your kids are not going to be in a financial bind if you pass away, because that's probably what's going to happen if you don't have life insurance. Yeah. Okay. And great. And where can people follow your work, support you and get in touch with you if they're interested and you either taking a look at their policy or opening up one with you or just have questions in general? Yeah. So I do post most of my content on my Facebook business page. So that's probably the best, the best place to look up, you know, what I'm doing and what I offer and the information I put out there. Um, the next place is going to be Clubhouse. I've been doing some rooms in Clubhouse and it's been nice to be able to just talk about things and have people come in and answer or ask questions and I'll answer their questions. And so I love that. And then also I've been trying to get more active on Instagram, but it's just, it's slow, but it's happening. Um, but the easiest way to get a hold of me is by booking an appointment on Calendly. I don't know if, if people have used that website, but calendly.com backslash Y-Y-A-N-E-Z. Um, you can access my calendar directly on Calendly and just pick a time that works best for you. Because I know sometimes the hard part of meeting is trying to figure out a time that works for you and works for me and coordinating our calendars. So this is the the best way I found to meet with people. They can just access my entire calendar and pick a time that they're free and, you know, we'll meet. I'll send you a Zoom link. It's all virtual. It's free. You know, it doesn't cost anything. Sometimes I just review policies. I just tell you about your options. Um, I don't really pressure people into anything because if they can't, you know, they have to come to that decision on their own. You know, I'm not going to force anybody into doing anything, but I'll tell you what your options are. So Calendly, I would say, is the the easiest way to access my my calendar and getting a word in. Yeah. All right. Great. And I'll have all that information uh, in the show notes as well. So people can just uh, see like the usernames and all that. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the Leo podcast here and just dropping some gems that we can all, uh, you know, that we all need. (laughs) So, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you too, for everything that you do. I, I've always seen the topics that you're throwing out there and it's, it's amazing. You, you're like a book of knowledge. I'm sure. <laughs> I try to be, I'm so, so curious much. about everything that I just yeah. consume, you know, and I, I love it when I get the opportunity to bring on people that uh, are experts in a, in a specific field like yours. Cause I just touch like every subject, but I'm not like uh, a book of knowledge in one subject you know <laughs> so so i always love bringing people that are uh in that matter because i always learn something new and and so does the audience uh, you know thank you for listening if you enjoyed the podcast please give it five stars on apple podcast and a follow on spotify it helps me tremendously in order to bring more awareness and educational resources to our community for more information and to stay up to date with what i'm doing you can follow me on instagram at latinoamericaneo And if you need more information and resources, you can visit my website, latinamericaneo.org. I'm Kevin Munoz. This has been the Leo Podcast, and I'll see you next time.
This podcast is not investment advice, and I am not a qualified licensed investment advisor. All information on here, including any ideas, opinions, views, predictions, forecasts, commentaries, suggestions, or stock picks expressed or implied are for informational, entertainment, or educational purposes only and should not be construed as personal investment advice. Conduct your own due diligence or consult a licensed financial advisor or broker before making any and all investment decisions. Any investments, trades, speculations, or decisions made on the basis of any information found on this podcast expressed or implied are committed at your own risk financial or otherwise.